0: And everybody and welcome in to another episode of the prep extra podcast as always I am your host Jeff extra Been with me today as always Luke Mullen Luke another week of high school sports in the book
1: how you doing doing great uh, we've had a lot of weather at least on my baseball beat rain last week some cold cancellations recently uh, but I, I'll give credit to these soccer players. They don't care. They're oh, pl- no, they do not. They're playing out there in the cold. <laughs> they're like, game's got to go on. So there's always the challenge, I think, with those early March dates. So I'm excited to to finally get into April, hopefully some warmer weather.
0: Let's say we had a stretch a week or two ago where it was like 70s, yep. 60s, very nice. and Then we just had a rough stretch of cold, windy 40s, 50s and that. Looks like we're going to have that for the next week or two. So, Yeah. yeah, hoping for nicer weather as we get into these spring sports. Uh, and yeah, last week we did our spring preview episode. We had boys-girls soccer, boys golf, uh, we had baseball, uh, and we had track and field. So uh, all those sports are up and going, and we will recap what's happened over uh, the first two weeks of the spring sports season. But going uh, later in the show is, of course, uh, what was previously announced in the last week. Luke, you and uh, our sports editor, Clark Grell, who couldn't make it today with us, uh, you guys were busy at work with your all state basketball selections and we go over that today as well yep and of course
1: i mean it wouldn't it wouldn't be postseason basketball without some prep extra podcast awards even more prestigious than (laughs) any super state honors that that can be handed out so could we get some trophies made i mean we got to we got to step up our game here, big award
0: show. I can't promise we'll have anyone slapping each other in uh, these <laughs> award shows or whatever, but we're going to hand out some hardware today. But I don't look, know if if you get pretty fired up, I might need yeah. to, to watch my distance yeah. here. <laughs> well, let's get right into it, Luke. We're going to start in soccer on the girls' side. Uh, let's start mainly in the city where we had a big upset right away. Unranked Lincoln Southeast picked up a two to one upset win over number two Lincoln East. The 9th they're now four and zero, pretty impressive, Luke. And I mean, was that a Knights team that made the state tournament a year or two ago? Yep, they made yeah.
1: they made state last year. Um, but definitely, I think Lincoln East girls team has kind of been the the standard there in the yeah. city. I mean, they were so good last year, and they started off the year very strong as well this season. And I was over at Hartog while this game was going on at Seacrest, and I swear I could hear kind of the celebrations at the the final whistle. <laughs> All the way across the other stadium, so it was a, a huge win for Southeast. And Taya Ryan, I believe, had the game-winning goal there. Uh, a fantastic, you know, two-one to to win it after giving up the lead to Lincoln East as well. So it's it's been a great start for a lot of those city teams, and and Southeast kind of making sure that you know East isn't that far no. uh, ahead of the rest of the pack. I think there's a lot of teams kind of in that three and one, four and one
0: range so far. Well, then you have another team off to a red hot start, and that's Lincoln Pius off to four and zero with wins over Cardi, quality team, Fremont, and Norris. Um, they, or excuse me, that was four nothing wins over those teams. Uh, they did drop one though to Southwest three to two in a shootout. But again, it's promising result falling to a team you probably expected to lose to. But regardless, you push them to the brink there in that shootout. Yeah, and I mean that's a, a win over Class B number one Norris as yep. well. So you
1: know showing that that talent there at Pius as well and i mean you get a a 2-2 draw going into that shootout against southwest as well i mean just goes to show i think how evenly matched both those teams are and you know it's looking like southwest they might be kind of up a an extra echelon this year you know they they've really stepped up their game that was a huge
0: win for them southwest a couple of wins here in the first two weeks 11-0 over grand island and then a ten nothing win over Lincoln High to start the year. They would drop a very close one last Saturday against Omaha Marion, who's ranked number three, one nothing. But I mean, impressive start for the Silverhawks. I think they're probably where they want to be. They probably didn't want to drop that one to Marion, but I think it's still a close result. That when you get down to it, more towards the postseason, that's going to count for something. Yeah, I mean,
1: eleven and ten zero against any other Class A team is is huge. I think just goes to show the quality of their attack. Um, got to be pretty clinical with the chances. You know, I, I'm sure there were plenty. You know, the team were, were feeding them up there. But still, you got to convert and you got to beat the goalie, which is easier said than done. God. So, you know, 21 goals in two games, pretty good day at the office. <laughs> yeah, And then you go up against Marion, who's got a, a great defense. And they, they hold the clean sheet 1-0. And I think Marion really, you know, they, they've they been in that mix as a Class A contender and beaten Southwest. Um, our Brent Wagner, he's going to come out with some updated rankings.
0: So... They might be up there at, at the top there at Marion. And then you have number one Gretna being Class B number two Oma Scott, three to two to remain undefeated. And along uh, with Gretna undefeated is Columbus, Elkhorn South, and then Oma Marion, who was previously mentioned as well. Yep, Columbus and Elkhorn South, I think, not been quite
1: as much tested with those top ten games. Uh especially, you know, you get the the Lincoln teams all kind of playing each other early in the year. Um, I'm sure, you know, the schedule will balance out and they'll get some of those tests as well. But I think four undefeated teams this early in the season, it's not that case on on the boys side. Or I think there's a few in Class B as well. But still goes, you know, to show I think some of the quality just not in Lincoln, you know, Metro out in Columbus as well is pretty impressive. Yeah.
0: Then you go down to the boys side and two familiar names at the top. It's Creighton Prep and Omaha South, uh, two just big soccer powers here in the state of nebraska and they went head to head i believe was it just yesterday luke or, a yeah, of these, or, last or week? two days ago yeah. yeah and big result creighton prep going into the game ranked number four against number one Omaha south in the junior jays blank the packers four to nothing Luke, that's a big result and that's pretty shocking because coming into this year Omaha south was by far the favorite to win it all here come may definitely but what i will say is Prep has definitely won quite a few yes, yes, regular
1: yes. season games over Omaha South, only for them to come back and, and beat them at state tournament time. <laughs> so they're just going to use that as as motivation, no doubt. But, I mean, 4-0 is, is really the thing that jumps off the page. I mean, 2-1, obviously, you can have slim margins go either way. And for me, it's, it's quite interesting, too. I'm a prep grad, and it's always kind of been known for their great defense. Um, that's the stuff that's kept them in it time and time again. But... I mean, putting up four, it's a, a great attack this season. Uh, Simon Metcalf, I believe, had a, a goal in that one to, to start the scoring off. And, you know, just putting it all together and, and keeping it, keeping uh, Omaha South from scoring as well, just an all-around effort. And, and Prep also beaten Scud a couple days before that as well um, during a, a big invitational there at Prep. So great couple days and, and not tired out mm-hmm. from those tough run of matches.
0: Junior J is the front runner right now in Class A after that result should be an interesting uh stretch the rest of the year, but when you talk about the field behind them, number three Lincoln Southwest suffered their first loss of the year two to one to number nine to Lincoln East, but the Silverhawks still four and one on the season. Luke, that's impressive, considering a team losing ten of their starters from a team that finished runner up last season, yeah, and I mean obviously.
1: Brent and, you know, all the rankings have a lot of confidence in them to, yeah. to put them in the top five despite those losses. So I think, you know, they, they kind of backed that up over the first two weeks of the year. But you get – that's kind of a an interesting rivalry game against two of the bigger, I think, soccer powers, the the schools that are really dedicated to it and take it seriously. And I think I think it was kind of a colder day, and I think East East might have started off, and, and Southwest came roaring back um, only for, for East to win. Pretty similar one there as well, so – Big rivalry win for, for the Spartans who are looking good as well.
0: And then you go further down the line in city schools. Lincoln East started off three and zero, but drop matches to number five Omaha West Side and number ten Lincoln Southeast. And it's still tough to drop those back to game back to back games, Luke. I mean, those are still quality opponents. Yeah, very good
1: West Side team, a very good Southeast team as well. That's looking in in the mix there in Class A. Uh, both boys and girls had a very good start to the year. And also in the city, got to give a shout-out to Lincoln High for a nice 2-0 win there over Northeast. Two goals in under two minutes to, to pick up the win for the Lynx. So a lot of talent. I think that's a, a good Northeast team as well um, that hasn't quite picked up the win so far. So really excited to
0: see how all those different city teams kind of shake out. That was only the first two weeks, folks. We got yep. plenty more. We got uh, about... Close to two months of soccer left until uh, state soccer up there at Morrison Stadium in Omaha. But that's what's happened there. And Luke, now let's take uh, take a look at your scene here in baseball. Uh, we'll take a look at Class A, number one Millard West, uh, favorite coming into the season. And they've kept up with those expectations, pitching dominance uh, so far and route to a good start of the year. Uh, but Omaha Scott did pick up a win over the wildcats two to one on monday i believe millard west dropped another one to an out-of-state school that was down in kansas too and i think that was an invite yep they
1: they do a great job going to those out-of-state tournaments early in the year get some great competition sometimes hopefully a little bit warmer weather if you (laughs) you cross the state lines and you know see how it's looking but to me the most impressive thing is i mean you have to beat them 2-1 to one because yep. Millard West, they haven't allowed more than three runs in a game yet this year. Um, just top to bottom, great, fantastic pitching staff. And usually usually these early season games are a little bit more low scoring, so that is going to favor into them. Once you get a little bit warmer weather, uh, you know, the, the bats kind of heat up, too. These players yep. get in their rhythm as well. But for the pitchers, though, I mean, you, it's a little bit tougher, I think, to throw strikes and really you know, get in their rhythm as well early in the year. So the fact that you have all these different players coming in to combine for, you know, these great efforts, these game-long efforts just goes to show the the depth that I kind of touted, and and they've backed it up.
0: That just brings up an interesting point that I've just thought of now, Luke, is, is the beginning of baseball the hardest beginning of any sport that is played throughout the calendar year? I think, honestly, football is pretty tough, too. Yeah.
1: I mean you're a little bit used to it from practicing in August, but I mean the cramps that you get yeah. early in the year for football is pretty challenging. The the winter sports being indoors I think is pretty – yeah, yeah it's, I, it's kind of a wash. Yeah,
0: because I just feel like every year it's just for the first month. It's just yeah. miserable weather, weather, and these teams have to play through some of that, including – even though today's games got canceled, you're going to see these type of days that are windy as this. There's 20-mile-an-hour winds, and you have to pitch in that. You have to hit with that. I don't know. It seems very miserable for the first month of baseball. Just any outdoor spring event. Yeah, I mean, you you can get those
1: miserable days in in April. You can get them in May too. I remember state baseball. I think three or four years ago, championship was won on a forty degree, windy day. So I mean, it can it can happen all the time. And yeah, for for a sport like baseball too, I mean, you're you're heavily dependent on any balls, the outfield, anything. Yeah like that the wind is going to play such a big factor it is it is quite interesting how much the weather can affect a game like that
0: yeah and i mean that goes for all sports soccer and then you got yeah. golf boys golf it was bad yesterday there's some jv meets uh playing that i was actually at Holmes golf course looking after and man uh, i feel sorry for those guys sometimes um but like everything the show must go on um and for lincoln east rated number two in class a right now the show is going pretty good 7-0 one of the two uh remaining unbeaten teams in class a absolutely i mean it's uh just a testament to their all-around depth
1: i think they they've had a couple combined no hitters or one or two hitters with several of their pitchers combining and then you know some 10 11 12 15 run games as well you know when it when it all clicks for lincoln east it's for me, it's easy to see why they're kind of a championship contender. Really excited to, to see them get some of those top 10 games. They haven't really had that, I think, you know big test, that top tier team that you'd want to see early in the year. Uh, but they've done a great job of taking care of their business, um, You know, top to bottom of the lineup, lots of different players getting hits and, and contributing early, just showing off uh, the depth and the overall talent that has them up there at number two.
0: Then you have right behind them at number three is Elkhorn South, but they were beaten by number four uh Millard South five to one. So a little flip flopping there coming up most likely, Luke. Yeah, I guess I was a I was a little premature in, in bumping down <laughs> Millard South. I had him uh
1: number two there, but you know, the Elkhorn South and, and Lincoln East with the undefeated starts beating a lot of quality teams and, and doing it in dominant fashion. I thought, you know, you know, maybe they're they're up there a little bit at a at a different level, but I mean, clearly, a talent's still there at Millard South. I think uh, I got a chance to see a little bit of Elkhorn South at the, the Pius the Tenth invite over the weekend, and they're just as good, great hitters throughout the lineup. So excited to see Millard South in person at some point as well. But a lot of hitting talent, I think, has really helped them,
0: um, you know, maintain that same level that they had last year. <laughs> And then you have that level of success for Creighton Prep on the soccer side continue into the baseball side. Currently ranked number six, but Luke, they could make a big jump next week. Junior Jays get Coach Pat uh, Mahon or Mooney's 500th career win, and that comes via against number five Omaha West Side seven to three, and then number nine Papio South fourteen to two. Yeah, two big wins there,
1: and I had them. Had them down at number six, even though they were undefeated. You know, hadn't really picked up a, a huge win yet in my estimation. But, I mean, beating their rivals west side, and then they just jumped on Papio. Um, just showing some of that great depth throughout the lineup. Sam Ryberg had a fantastic game, um, as well as a couple other players. And for head coach Pat Mooney, I think he's he's got to be one of the longest tenured baseball coaches in the state. Definitely the most successful in terms of championship accolades and as a, a Junior J alum, just a fantastic person as well. I know a lot of people who would enjoy his math classes, you know, <laughs> a little bit of life advice you get in those classes as well, but a great guy, super easy to talk to, has has helped a lot of people um, along their athletic and, and personal journeys too, so couldn't be happier to see him pick up a 500th career win. Many more to come. He's got his, his son on the team too, so I'm sure he's not slowing down anytime soon.
0: But saying Mooney's a guy that he also coaches the Legion program yep. that has won multiple state titles including a national runner up at uh nationwide Legion tournament as mm-hmm. well. So uh yeah, his son's on the team, so I don't think he's gonna be going, uh, going anywhere anytime soon. Yeah, that you know, it keeps it going. You know, usually it's it's around
1: winter time where he really starts, you know, dreaming of the diamond. It's like, yep. okay, he he's ready to be out there. <laughs>
0: Then you go down further down the list around that top uh, nine ten area uh, in the city. North Star uh, starts five and zero, five and zero before losing Omaha West Side to Northeast. But Southeast enters the ratings at number ten, uh, but it's Lincoln Southwest that picked up a win over the Knights thirteen to three. Yep, I was out there yesterday. It was a, a great, I think, close battle for
1: most of the game, and then Southwest just jumped on them in the fifth inning, batted around everything going up with with two outs which is even more impressive Uh, scored nine runs with two outs which is just crazy um I think you know that that southeast team has a ton of talent and you know seeing them at number 10 I feel pretty confident that they'll be at that level all year southwest they are you know two and four before that really struggling to get the bats going hadn't scored more than four or five runs then they put up 13 so they're really going to hope to you know keep that same approach at the plate keep it going for the next few games but you know, really, I think it's it's been a good start for most of the city teams. North Star, they had a lot of momentum coming out of the Legion season. I think you know those that game against West Side was their toughest test, and then Northeast, another team that had a great Legion year, um, started off zero and four, but a couple close losses, including a one run game to Fremont there at the the Pious Invite that they really should have won but lost late. Now they get a couple wins, um, won twelve eleven yesterday as well, so they're they're picking it up and you know it's uh, going to be interesting to see if they can keep that momentum and and maybe pass North Star eventually if they can keep winning those
0: games. Interesting battle in the city that will continue in the ensuing weeks and Luke we dropped down to class B uh, where we have number 1 Beatrice still the team to beat, 3-1 win over number 2 Norris and <laughs> a 24 to 1 win over Fairbury. I mean just dominance. Oh yeah, I mean they uh they do a great job hitting at their park
1: down there in Beatrice and when the wind's blowing out the bombs can be many for for those players, and you know the pitching. That's what led them to the championship last year. It's still there, you know. A couple of those one, two, three, you know, run games. But I mean, putting up twenty four. I think the bats to me just you know from a an outside perspective haven't gotten the chance to see them play. I will here on Friday. They're going to play Waverly. I'll be down at that matchup. Uh, so really excited to see those bats in person. But Tucker Chimmerman, Adam DeBoer, I think are two of the best power hitters. In the entire state, and they have a ton of guys around them who hit too, who get on base, and you know do a great job hitting singles. So, really tough to pitch
0: around anybody in that Beatrice lineup. Uh, they've just been incredibly impressive. And then you got number two Norris right behind them, who haven't given up more than three runs in a game this season. And of course, having uh, past Norris graduates go to Division one programs, they're just a wealth of talent. They're going to be up there and challenge Beatrice. Oh yeah, and the thing about Norris too is they play so many Class A
1: schools, and they do a great job getting in on a lot of those uh, different weekend tournaments. So I'm sure that you know they'll they'll pick up a couple losses here and there, and that that first one to Beatrice is the only one so far. But they will get better because of those games, and got to see them beat a very very good Class A team in Carney, blanked them 8-0 at the the 10th Invite, and then this is quite interesting. Because of a, an earlier cancellation against Crete, they turned around from from Lincoln, from Densmore Field, drove down to Crete for a, a doubleheader in two different locations there on Saturday. And Coach uh, Sean Bartholomew he said, "Yep, never done this before, but you know we'll we'll get some food, you know, load up the bus and." Get the guys back out there, and they had another big win against Crete. So just showing, you know, their talent. A lot of different pitchers. You know, doesn't matter if they got three hours and a, <laughs> you know, thirty miles between the games. They're ready for it, and they're they're going to be up there all
0: season in Class B. Well, there's a reason they're number two. Yeah. So that tells you right there. And then in the field behind them, you have number five Oman Gross and number six Central City, Fullerton, and Centura, also undefeated as well. Yep, both those teams. Um really
1: impressive. I think Gross has been kinda of in that range. Expected them to be really good this year. Central City, you know, they made the state tournament last year. Kale Jensen, North Dakota State commit, he's one of the best players in the in the entire state. But there were a lot of holes to fill from that Central City team. And they do a great job of beating all the teams in their area, really picking up the win. So they're you know, they're I expect them to be one of the best records in Class B. Might not be tested at the same level that you get some of these Omaha or a little bit closer, um, you know, Eastern teams. A lot more teams in the area just to play. So, going to be interesting to see the way it balances out and if they can keep picking up the
0: wins where they need to. And then to round out what's happening in Class B baseball, Lincoln Christian, whose first year of organized baseball was last season, finished seven and eight a year ago. They're six and zero this year.
1: And to be honest, i I didn't see it coming. I mean i I was putting together my rankings uh, last week, and they were three and o. And I was like, "Well, you know they they've had a pretty good start." I'm like, "I'm going to wait until they play that Wahoo Bishop Newman Lincoln Lutheran game, win that five four, beat Omaha South five o, and Lincoln High ten 0 I mean, two Class A teams. You know, not at the top of Class A, but admittedly, beating two Class A teams like that is is incredibly impressive. And I mean, starting off six and zero, they also beat Concordia and two games over Saint Paul to start off with. So they're they're really picking up some steam. I think they had a pretty good Legion year, and you know, just talking to to Coach Jason Bingham, I think last year he was telling me that yeah, they obviously the the first year is going to be tough, but I mean, only I think two or three seniors, so they were expecting some of this this young talent to come up, and and they've been doing a great job this year. And one more note, I think on Class B baseball. Got to give a shout-out to a couple Mm record-breakers. Arlington's uh, Trevor Danker had 10 RBIs, and also Elkhorn North's Xavier Cavanaugh had 8 RBIs the same night, both breaking the Class B record of 7 RBIs in a single game. Full story up there on on JournalStar.com if you want to check it out, but... Shout out to both those guys for for two amazing games, breaking the same record.
0: Well, man, those are quite two impressive. Seven and eight RBIs, are you kidding? Yeah, and I think Denker,
1: he hit a homer too, which is obviously going to help, but Kavanaugh did it with two doubles and a triple as well, and getting the chance to talk to them, you know, they were both like, obviously your teammates play a big part just getting on base. I mean, you can hit doubles and triples, and and nobody's going to score if your teammates aren't on base, but especially for Denker, he picked up... uh, the sixth inning, scoreless inning, turns around and, and wins it, too, with his his final at-bat there to, to go to 10. And he's saying, didn't even know he broke a record. He he saw it <laughs> online, then the, the text started rolling in, and he's like, oh, yeah, that's pretty cool. There yeah. you go.
0: Man, wish I uh, could do that in any baseball game yeah. whatsoever. A pretty cool moment um, for him. That wraps up all what's been going on in the soccer and baseball scene here in the last couple of weeks. But that... Was only introduction to the big part of this episode, and that is All State Basketball Awards. We give out our own awards, we give out Super State, the team members, All City, everything and more up next here on the Prep Extra Podcast. Don't go away. We'll be back with All State Basketball after this. the prep extra podcast as always jeff extra alongside luke mullen and luke one of the best times of the year state basketball may be uh done and wrapped up but we have some all state basketball awards to hand out you and our sports editor clark grell went hard to work to get these together and what do you think uh just overall thoughts before we introduce everybody to, to the awards uh, overall thoughts and uh, how each team came together yeah, we definitely we went hard in the paint, that's for sure. Uh, <laughs> uh but
1: I think, you know, especially putting together the all city, all state and super state teams, um, a lot of tough, you know, tough decisions, you know. Got the chance to have fifteen, you know, city players on the all city teams and even still I was like, you know, man, there's some guys I'd I'd love to put in there and I'm sure Clark had the same on the girls side. And it's always it's always I think the toughest part of the year to decide the all state teams. I think you know some of the other sports like the ones that I do personally I mean football and baseball there's a lot of spots on the team I think it you know it comes a little bit easier but I mean basketball just having five first team and five second team I mean especially the bigger classes like A C1 C2 were really the toughest they really could have made some some fantastic third teams uh, so that's always tough I mean for those players obviously honorable mention is is great too but a lot of deserving players and it's you know it's always tough to to draw the line so that's where at least uh you know to share a little bit of the methodology it's where our our coach nominations come mm-hmm. in a lot we we send out forms to all the coaches in the state have them nominate players for their class and you know even if you play uh some teams who aren't in your class you can also nominate some players for all states so me personally, I, I total up all those votes and, and pretty much go along with the coaches because, you know, you only, you only get the chance to see so many players. Obviously, state tournament performance goes into it a lot, but, I mean, there are these players grinding out there for 20, 25 games a year. So that plays in a, a huge factor, really, the coach observations more so than
0: any sort of statistic or, or personal observations hey, for those – before you critique the All-State selections now, now you know the process behind yeah. it. So, uh, But, Luke, let's go right into it. Let's talk about All-City first. And, of course, we're going to start with the girls' first team. First up, we have Kennedy Williams from Lincoln Southwest. Helped the Silverhawks reach the state championship game before they ultimately fell to Fremont. I mean, Luke. She only a sophomore. Only a sophomore. Yeah, she's gonna yeah. be here for a while and give me make some noise here in the Class
1: A scene. Yeah, playing as a as a freshman there at Southwest. I mean, fantastic. And then being the captain of this team as a sophomore, I think anybody who watched the state tournament could just see how much defensive attention she got. Just as that primary ball handler there for Southwest, does so many things so well. You know, can shoot it, get to the hoop, and. And does a great job setting up her teammates. So definitely a deserving captain there for the girls' team.
0: Up next we have John T. Franklin from Lincoln High and Luke. She was big part of that resurrection of that Lincoln High team um, that burst onto the scene here in Class A. Yeah, frankly, I think you know you pr- Clark probably
1: could have put you know two or three Lincoln High players on that first team. They all just I think combined so well. Brianna Robinson and a few others as well, but Franklin, I think she was kind of the X factor of that team. Great three point shooter, um, great handles as a guard. Joined the team this year and just uh, kind of elevated them to another level. Added that extra dimension and put up some huge games throughout the year. Uh, personally, I got to see her lead them over Pius early in the season. One of those big trademark wins. I think she had about 20 points for a, a season high in that one. So fantastic player and also super deserving. And you know, I thought it was. She had a little bit tougher games there at the state tournament, but obviously a big environment is tough for those sharp, you know, three point shooters. But the talent was always there, and I think everybody who watched it could see you just—you just got a smooth three point shot, and it's—it's
0: it's clear to watch. Yeah. Uh, and then you have Donnelly Washington from Lincoln Northeast, and she's one of the better posts in the state, if not up there in that conversation. Yeah, I—I
1: I told you, I think it was very early in the season. Got to see them against Pius and. Pious coach uh, Ryan Soda, she, he said, uh, Danila, she's the, the best post player in the state, and she's only a sophomore. So to me, no doubt she's going to be a, a Division one prospect here in, in the next couple seasons. Just so strong and already just reads the game so well, does a great job being in those spots she needs to in the post for rebounding. Uh, Got to work, I think, a little bit more on the post moves. That's obviously something that, that comes with time and experience, but all the all the capabilities are there, very hardworking and, and she has a great career
0: ahead of her. And then up next you have Maddie Campbell from Lincoln East, helped the Spartans reach a district final before falling there. Um and Luke, what are your thoughts?
1: Yeah, Campbell, great, great guard, always has the ball in her hands and did a great job, you know, setting up all her teammates in that East offense, but at the same time, not afraid to shoot it either. Does a great job uh handling it, getting to the hoop, and you know, just a a great heartbeat, I think, leader of that team. Really propel them to some of those big late season wins.
0: And I mean, Campbell, she was a really impact starter for what turns out to be Dennis Pritchard's last team here at Lincoln East as well. Yeah, that's a a good point to make. I think he had a
1: fantastic run with the Spartans, got him to the the state finals a couple times. And I think everybody knew when you played Lincoln East, it was going to be a tough game. They were going to make you run. They were going to make you work for it. So. Really excited to see um, how the program continues without him. Obviously a lot of talent there, but congrats to, to Coach Pritchard on a great run at the Spartans.
0: And then rounding out the girls' first team all-city is Addison Markowski from Lincoln Pius. We all know what her sister did for the Thunderbolts, but she made her own mark, leading the Thunderbolts to uh, first round of the state tournament, ultimately losing to the eventual state champions in Fremont. Yeah, and she is hands down one of the best three-point
1: shooters in the entirety of Class A, the entire state. Um, just does a, a great job at filling different roles for that pious offense. You know, they do a lot of motion. Uh, they're always moving around. So, you know, she can have the ball in her hands, find her teammates, but absolutely at her at her best when, when other players can kick to her for those three-pointers. Quick little tidbit that I like about this girls' city, all-city team. All five are from different schools. Yeah, And I mean, there was a lot of different players you could have put in there, but I think for all those teams, just fantastic representations of, you know, their leaders who they, they kind of look to for that scoring out there on the floor to, to have that creative spark and
0: and, yeah, definitely goes to show some of the talent in the city this year. Yeah, and just how well-balanced everyone was as well. Going on to the boys' first team. To start us right off, we stick with Lincoln Pius, and that is Sam Hostreiter. Uh Big reason why the Thunderbolts made the tournament and wound up being um, the best Lincoln team that went the farthest in the postseason. Yep, my, my team captain this year, and in particular,
1: I think, really, he, he is an— such an unselfish player. I think he really, he probably could have averaged, I mean, 18 points a game, but that pious offense, you know, it's not really built for, for ISO basketball or anything like that. They run a lot of motion, you know, they share the ball, they swing it around and he did a great job always doing that. Kind of that lockdown three point shooter can score in the post too, uh just really popped up all over, you know, hits, hits the boards as well when they needed him to and attract a lot of defensive attention. I think it was pretty clear, you know, watching, how the way that other teams would guard him, um, it was clear why he's a, he's going to be a Division One basketball player. It's clear the the respect that other teams gave him. Just a fantastic, talented forward, and you know, glad for a, a really good group of Pius seniors. Such a, a great uh, group that they got to end their careers there at the
0: state tournament. Did a great job to make it. Ben Hunziker for Lincoln Southwest, three year starter, I believe. Luke and in- Yep. Quite a leader on the Southwest team that was close to making the start state tournament, but not quite. And he ends his career the all-time points leader
1: there at Southwest. And what's interesting, I think you you ever talk with head coach Alex Ball, and he'll say scoring isn't even close to the best thing that Ben does. If you if you ever get the chance to to watch him there in any of his games, I mean, he rebounds. He's a, a tough player. He'll drive um, drive to the hoop. He'll jump on loose balls. He's always setting up teammates. You know, screening, he'll do everything. He's he's just a, a tireless player out there. I think, to me, perhaps the best all-around player in the city. Just did a great job in in every facet of the game.
0: And then going further down the list, you have Brady Christensen, teammate of Sam Haastrider. He's also on the team. And, of course, he's a big guy, 6'7", 6'8", or maybe not quite that tall. Maybe 6'5", 6'6". 6'6", no, yeah. yeah. Regardless, impact player for the Thunderbolts. Leading rebounder in Class A as well. Um, averaged a
1: double-double for the entire season, which is just incredible. Pretty good. Pretty yeah. good, I'd say. <laughs> and especially, I think his presence allowed the Haas Striders, who are both six eight. I mean, don't get me wrong, they rebounded too, but it really helped them kind of open up some of those opportunities in transition, uh, getting every chance to talk to head coach Brian Spichka there at Pius. He would just say, Brady's a warrior. You know, these guys know he's going to battle on those boards. He's going to get those those tough opportunities. And, you know, wanted to give a shout-out to Coach Spichka is there as well. He's stepping down from coaching this season, going to become the uh, Associate Athletic Director there at at Pius. So he'll still be at a lot of those different activities, but had a great run with the Thunderbolts, you know, leading them from being a a championship team there in Class B to another state tournament contender there in A. was not not an easy transition, but did a great job keeping up, you know, the identity of the program and keeping that
0: same style of basketball going. And then – you have one of the best pure scorers in the state, point guard Carter Temple Meyer for Lincoln East. I believe. I think
1: he, he had a top five, three-point, and, and free-throw percentage there in the entirety of Class A. Just a, a great pure scorer, exactly what East needed him to do. And I think he's he's only going to be better as a senior. You know, this was his first varsity season, and he just walks in and averages 20, 20 points per game and, and said, Thank you very much. I'll I'll do it again. So... Really excited to see him as a senior. Could definitely expect him to be the the captain of this team next year.
0: And then to round out the first-team All-City boys squad is Christian Wynn from Lincoln Northeast. Again, another resurgence here in the city of Lincoln Northeast, and he was a big part why. Yeah, another junior,
1: another guy who could be back on this team next season. And it was it was kind of tough. You know, there was a lot of talented Northeast players. Xander Beard also made the the All-City team as well. Uh, but to me, Win he, he was the best kind of all-around scorer for them. Not a whole ton of three-point shooting. I mean, he could do it, but great at just scoring in the paint, getting to the hoop, and, and a little bit of mid-range game. Um, just did a great job for them as kind of that all-around guy that, that kind of glued the whole team together. And just some of the, the intangible off-the-ball stuff is, is clear. He's got a, a really great understanding of the game and, and helped that offense
0: flow. Well, those were our all-city teams on girls and boys. Make sure to check out the full list of the other teams and inaugural mentions on journalstar.com. And, Luke, let's get into the Super State picks. Of course, this is the top team in each boys and girls, regardless of class. Um, And Let's start off with the girls, and I think— Captain Spa, I think, is a pretty clear pick, and that was Taylor McCabe for Fremont, the senior, leading the Tigers to their first state title ever. She's off to Iowa next year, and man, one of the better girls' basketball players in state history. Gatorade player as well, and uh, yeah, I mean,
1: just anybody who watched her, I mean, she just looks different out there with yeah. her, her handles, the way she plays the game. Um, great three-point shooter, but even better, I think, at setting up her teammates, you know, rebounds the ball too, just very unselfish. I'm super excited to see what she does in college because get the feeling she's going to be a, a pretty big-time player in that Iowa Hawkeye team. She's going to create some problems when she comes back
0: to PBA and take on Huskers <laughs> for yeah, years, she's, years to come. She's
1: already used to, I mean, shooting a couple of feet behind that three-point line, so nothing's going to stop her in the future. Man, team
0: her up with Caitlin Clark. There you go. Long
1: long three-pointers. Yes. Yeah. Uh,
0: further down the list, you have the top scorer of any First State Super State team from boys or girls, and that is Britt Prince from Elkhorn North, the sophomore. The sophomore. Yep. 5'11", uh, led Elkhorn North to their second state state title earlier in March. She's right up there, Luke. Yeah, I get the feeling
1: that she might be a, a pretty strong contender for the captain spot next year. Um, I think a, a little bit of seniority in play there with McKay, but just incredibly impressive everything that, that Britt's done, coming in on as a, a freshman and immediately leading that Elkhorn North team to success. And I think we'll really see kind of, you know, that recruiting decision pick up next season when you're a junior. It It starts to play in a little bit more, but every big time women's college basketball program would love to have her on the team. Top 20 recruit nationally, just one of the best we've ever seen here in Nebraska, and She's gonna keep putting up
0: those crazy numbers and, and leading Elkhorn North to success. It's just gonna be very fun to pay attention to her recruiting uh story, just because you're literally gonna have all the top teams in the country yeah. come here. And they, they already are. They yep. you know, they they go to the Elkhorn North gym. A lot of them see
1: her in the, the summer, a lot of those different travel periods as well. But there's been a lot of visits uh definitely there at Elkhorn North.
0: And then on the three spot for our Super State team, Maya Babbitt from Millard South, the junior averaged seventeen and a half points per, per game. And of course, big reason why Millard South made it to the state semifinals and was undefeated going into that game before falling to Lincoln Southwest. And we'll see we'll see her back next year along with the rest of that uh junior core, Cora Olson
1: and Chloe Lemon, the other two there to watch. So to me, you know, Babbitt totally deserving to be that super stater. I think she is probably the the best all-around game that you see in Class A, you know, three-point mid-range and get into the hoop. Really does it all and is a, a great scorer for them.
0: And then going down to uh, C2, you have Caitlin Emanuel from North Bend Central, the junior, six feet tall, 14.4 points per game, 8.2 rebounds. They've won three straight state titles. She's one of the big reasons why, along with her sister. They're going for four next year, too. Nothing's... Nothing's stopping them, and with a a player like
1: Caitlin, it's easy to see why. I mean, seeing her at the state tournament, obviously, I mean, 14.4 a game, but she could easily score more. Uh, You know, just being that unselfish player was exactly what that team needed, you know, making sure that everybody contributes, that they can't just lock in on her, but grabs the rebounds too, and really excited
0: to see. I think she should be a high-level college player as well. Then to round out the first team, you have Bailey Kissinger from Hastings Saint Cecilia. The senior averaged seventeen point four points per game and uh, led Hastings Saint Cecilia to back to back state titles. Yeah, if they were going to come back and achieve their their championship
1: goals, she was going to kind of be that reason why. Obviously, a lot of talent on on that entire Saint Cecilia team, but I mean, being that senior point guard, being that player who had contributed to all of their state title runs over the last couple of years just does a great job passing and finding all those different opportunities. Going to be headed to nebraska Kearney next year and, and should have a bright future as well.
0: She'll do some things for the Lopers, yeah. and that Loper program is on the rise right now. Um, but that is your Super State first team for the girls' side. And now, Luke, moving on to the boys' side, it is a stacked group, and at captain, he's one of the best talents in the state, if not the best. Jason Green from Miller North the senior averaging double double in his senior year he's off to Creighton next season and he's the captain of this year's journal star super state first team yeah this entire team you have four senior division one commits and then a junior
1: who's definitely going to be a division one player next year as well so incredible just to to see all that talent and nobody better than green nobody more impressive i mean obviously we'll we'll get to him in a bit trout is is on another level as a player as well but I mean, seeing Green's dominance against every other top-tier Class A team was just incredible. Um, I, I have a full Super State captain story up there on, on our website. If you want to read some of the things that his coach, Tim Cannon, had to say about him, um, some of the just huge strides and improvement that he's made uh, since being a, a day-one starter there as a freshman, I mean, really bulked up, really kind of grew into that scoring role, but he's always he's always had that – that defensive knack and that was just the number one most impressive thing all year long so often you'd see guards drive into the paint and they'd see green coming you know sometimes they would put the shot up it get blocked you know he'd, he'd challenge them and then later in the game they drive in again and they see him and they kick it back out I mean he just impacted the game in in such a huge way he can handle the ball for Miller North he can shoot three pointers he's rebounding you know he's just a, a tireless hard-working player out there and I mean I feel like he just fits in so well to this uh Creighton offense that McDermott runs down there because he's, he's going to be able to to post up he's going to be able to run the floor get those lobs I mean shoot the threes if he needs to I I have a strong feeling he he's going to play some minutes definitely next year already
0: yeah most certainly and then like you already mentioned before, right below him is Isaac Trout, the 6'9 senior from Grand Island, one of the leading scorers in the state. He's off to Virginia next year and on Super State team as well. Yeah, I think easily he could have been the captain as well. Yeah. He's the Gatorade Player of the Year for the state um,
1: this season. Just, you know, so impressive in, in terms of his scoring and clear to see why a, a high-level college basketball program like Virginia wants him. I mean, he's, he's able to, to score from any point on the floor. And at 6'9", you know, not really your maybe traditional post player. I mean, he can rebound, he can post up, but so deadly in the mid-range, so deadly from three-point. Just going to be a a game-breaker, I think, there at, at the college basketball level. And particularly at a at a program like Virginia, I think his unselfishness is just going to help him just play right away. Um, you know, well maybe not right away, but you know, just help him break into that starting lineup eventually and fit that role that that Coach Tony Bennett has there at Virginia. And just a, a great kid too. I mean, talking to his coach Jeremiah Slough there from Grand Island, you know, he said, you know. Trouts, he's a he's a Gatorade player of the year. He's a, a D one player, but he's not afraid to pick up trash after a game or or help some of the younger kids in that Islander program. So just a fantastic role model for everybody there in Grand Island.
0: Then you right next you have Jaden Dawson from Oz Central, the senior, averaging seventeen point six points per game. He is off to Loyola, Chicago to join Miller North graduate St. Thomas, and of course he nabs a Super state first team uh, honor as well.
1: Yeah, Dawson, he's going to be a great point guard there at at uh, Loyola. I think number one thing that stands out about him is just how he's able to pass into tight spaces, reads the game so well. Um, had to do a lot of scoring for this central team, and you know I'm sure he'll continue some of that in college. But really at his best, just running an offense and and finding the guys in these opportunities, great handles, and yeah, the the passing. There's not a better
0: passer in the entire state than Dawson. And then after him, you have Josiah Dotsler, one of the better point guards in the state. He averaged 15 points per game. He's certainly going to be a Division One prospect, the only one that isn't right now because he's only a junior, uh, but I think he's got plenty of suitors uh, once he uh, fully decides on where he's going. Yeah, recruitment's definitely picking up for him, and I think, you know, numbers don't
1: really do uh, a service to how good he is just because there's so many contributors in that Bellevue West offense, and... I promise you, if, if there was no Dotzler, that Bellevue S team would be a fraction as good as it was this year. And even last year, I mean, he's he's been playing since he was a freshman, and for good reason. I mean, Coach Doug Woodard, he knows what to look for in a player that he wants to run his offense. And in particular, Dotzler, he has a great anticipation of the game. I mean, they inbound the ball, and he's already up the court in two or three seconds looking for that pass exactly what you would want from a Division One guard to kind of have that killer instinct to always be skinning the floor and knowing where all the players are at the same time. I mean, he can shoot it too. He's a, a great shooter as well,
0: great scorer of the ball, and definitely going to be interested to see what happens next year. Remember, folks, Dotsler was the guy that Woodard brought off the bench to spark that double-digit comeback when Bellevue West beat Miller North in 2020. Yep, and the, and I mean,
1: he was... Just a, a key contributor last year as well in that state title game. He was putting up the three pointers as well. I think, you know, this year's state title game, he's gonna look back at that film and he had quite a few scoring attempts. I mean, easier said than done with, with green at the rim. Um, but he he still has just a ton of players around him to pick
0: out and I think I think he's just gonna be even better as a senior, which is pretty crazy. And then to round out the boys' Super State team is Luke Jungers from Creighton Prep, six eight senior, averaging eighteen points per game. He is off. He's actually staying in Omaha. He's uh, set to join the Mavericks in UNL. And best best mid range shooter in the entire
1: state. Kind of you could put him in the the NBA in the '90s, and he fit right <laughs> exactly. in with the with that mid range game and his height and everything. I mean, he's he's just such a, a great player for the junior Jays. He was able to post up a little bit and help you know, do a lot of pick and roll action that will really help him in college there as well. When you get that mid-range pick and roll and the athleticism of a of a six eight forward, he's going to be great for Omaha.
0: Well, that is the first team Super State on the boys side. Again, if you want to see the full list of every team and honorable mentions, make sure to go on to journalstar.com. Both girls and boys side loaded teams, Luke. It's a lot of good talent here in the state of Nebraska. Absolutely. I mean, second second team as well, there's a lot of Uh, great players,
1: you know, some more Class A additions, but, you know, adding in Kale Jacobson from C1, Connor Milliken from B, and Suits there from C2 in in the second team as well, so.
0: there we go. Well, those awards are handed out, but we have saved the best for last, the Prep Extra Podcast Awards. Luke, let's give them out. We're going to start on the girls' side, and our first award is Most Improved. We're gonna keep this one in the city. It's Caitlin Oxley for Lincoln Lutheran, helped uh the Warriors advance uh to that C one state title game before ultimately losing. But Oxley, big reason why, she also contributed on the volleyball court as well. Yep,
1: DePaul uh volleyball commit there. will play Division I volleyball. And I, I think she she totally deserves this most improved because on last year's state title team she was just kind of like a forward because she's, like, tall. You know, she can get the rebounds and, you know, a, a fine player but not like a, a top-scoring threat that you really need to defend. This year, she's got a great post move, grabbing more rebounds, looking even more athletic out there on the court. Huge reason why Lutheran made it all the way to that, that C, uh, C1 C title game and, and really gave North Bend a run for their money. And I think, you know, just everything she had, the whole package on defense too. you know, a pretty low scoring Lincoln Lutheran team. I think she's up there as their their leading scorer and just a great all around player, great part of their entire team defense philosophy down there in the post.
0: Next award is our forward of the year. And this time we venture out to Grand Island to give this one out. It is Lucy Guy-Fan from Grand Island Central Catholic. Big reason why uh, she helped them finish third in C1. She gets our forward of the year. Yeah, just
1: incredible power there in the post. I mean, she has a a great sense of rebounding and being able to back her defender down. Um, Huge player there for, for the Crusaders. And Watching her at state, the talent was just on display. I think she's got room to grow and, and a, a good volleyball player as well there. You know, another another two-sport athlete who some of those skills translate in both.
0: And I would give a quick uh, honorable mention for this award to Ruthie loomis Godel from Bridgeport, obviously one of the better impact players in the state and really showcased her skills at the state tournament um, as Bridgeport lost in the final. But just a quick little shout-out to her. Now, Luke, we got them, and now our next award: the freshman phenom. Now, we do have a winner, but we also have a couple of honorable mentions because, I mean, too many good freshmen state not oh, to mention yeah. these guys' names. So, first off, the winner is Molly Ladwig from Blair. And, Luke, what can you tell me about Molly and how she earned this freshman phenom award? Yeah, all state player there in Class
1: B. I think the only freshman to make either the girls or boys uh, all state teams. There's a an, an immediate contributor, big reason why Blair made the state tournament there on the girls' side uh, can, can score it, can handle the ball already, and uh, just just super impressive I think as a freshman look does not look like a freshman there out there on the court already reads the game very well and is is going to be a huge player for the Bears over the next couple of years
0: and then you also have as our honorable mentions, Presley Douglas from Omaha Scott, Zali Benish from Layton. Yeah, Benish had to throw her in there. I think
1: she averaged about 20 points a game, the the leading scorer there of any freshman. And uh, obviously scoring a lot more than a lot of more experienced players. She's going to be fun to watch as she grows there. And then Presley Douglas, I mean, to be a freshman point guard and be part of a, a state runner-up team— just goes to show, I mean, your talent, how how well she reads the game herself and can set up her teammates. That's a pretty young scut team in general that finished runner-up at Class B, so they'll be right back up there next year challenging Elkhorn
0: North. And then we move on to our underrated hero, and we had to give these to, uh, to a couple of teammates. We had to split this award, and that belongs to Lincoln Southwest. Freddie Wallace and Brindley Christensen both were – very much key contributors uh, to why Southwest made it all the way to the state championship, Luke. Yeah, the the key forwards
1: there on that Southwest
0: team and, you know, Christensen getting
1: hurt late in that uh, semifinal game as well there and Wallace being a, a key player as well. I think, you know, that that entire Southwest team just came together for that state tournament run, but it, it took everybody on the court. And these two in particular, Christensen had a couple huge three-pointers, Wallace some great points in the post, and they they battled against those other teams, got those rebounds and and got their guards in quick transition. Without them, definitely I think Southwest couldn't have made that huge run and they're they're super deserving
0: as two key players of that uh state runner-up finish for for the Silverhawks. And then our final award award on the girls side, giving out our coach of the year. And Luke, it is Ann Prince from Elkhorn North. Help the Wolves go to two straight Class B state titles. I mean, not much else you could say. She's just a great coach that has helped form a new program, just instantly become a championship contender and winning two straight.
1: Yeah, former Fremont assistant coach as well. Um, So seeing her her former program win state there, um, I'm sure it's a pretty special week for her. And to me what's most impressive about this year's Elkhorn North team is you know, you, you get the first-year program in, and, I, you know, not that people expect them to win state. Obviously, that was a complete, you know, out of the blue and goes to show the talent in her coaching at that one. But, okay, I mean, you win state, and you have, you have the same group of players. I mean, how do you keep them hungry? How do you keep them focused for every single game throughout the year? And, I mean, they hardly dropped any games all year. Just Scott was the only one to beat them. And you know they they come back and just dominate that Class B final at state. I mean they were they were just on a different level and just uh, an incredible job by her and that entire Wolves coaching staff and program for for winning it back to back titles.
0: Those are all your awards on the girls side, and now Luke, let's give out some hardware on the boy side. And first, like we did, let's start with the most improved. And again, I think. It's a pretty clear choice. It's David Harmon from Miller North. Had twenty six points, maybe even more than that. Twenty eight, even more than that. Twenty eight points in the state title game against Bellevue West, and man, he was impressive in that game. Yeah, and I mean, this is coming from a guy who I think averaged about five points a game
1: last year. Just a, a real role player on that loaded Miller North team. And what's what was really interesting is, I mean, the way that. Class A basketball is, I mean, there's opportunities at a lot of different schools, easily because it transferred, I mean, could have looked for a, a different place to, to find more playing time, but he was content to learn and, you know, be in that role at Miller North as a backup guy. He knew his time would come, and as a senior, I mean, his confidence out there on the court is just incredible, uh, just throws down dunks with authority, you know, does a great job shooting three-pointers, doing everything that Miller North needed, rebounding, and, I mean, just the entire Class A season, he was, I think, that perfect number two option to green. Sometimes being that number one, you know, if if teams were focusing in on green. And nowhere more apparent than the Class A title game when he just exploded was the complete X factor. And without him, it would have been a, an uphill climb for Miller North to win that all. Very – he really stepped up in that role left behind by St. Thomas. Oh, yeah. And took over the number – of Hunter Salas as yeah. well. Took over some of that mojo too, maybe. I mean, he was he was just uh, perhaps one of the most exciting players
0: yeah. to watch all season. Most certainly. And now moving on to our forward of the year, that goes to uh, Jake Brack from Omaha, Scott. Uh, big part why uh, the Skyhawks finished runner up in Class B. Yep. And definitely
1: another future Division I prospect um, with Brack. His recruiting was really starting to pick up I know he had a visit down to Nebraska as well so name to keep an eye on for all you Husker fans to see if they can keep him in state or if opportunities you know arise elsewhere but at the Class B level I think he's he's got a really smooth post move and does a great job you know hitting the boards and and doing the pick and roll there for Scott was really kind of shut down and huge reason why the Skyhawks couldn't win the Class B title Ron Colley did a great job defending him but I mean he's a young player He's going to learn from that, and he's just going to keep getting better. The potential is there, and, and the way that he's able to to already be that dominant post
0: just goes to show what his uh, his ceiling is over the next couple of years. And then we move on to our freshman phenom of the year. Our winner is Sam Sauerdike from Thayer Central. Luke, lower class, but Sam really made an impact right away. Yeah, twenty point a game
1: scorer, uh, just incredible there. And they are they are central. They play a really tough schedule. Play up a couple classes a lot of the time. So you know, not not just doing it against Class D schools, doing it against a lot of C one, C two opposition. Um, they the Sourdike family has a lot of athletic talent. They've gone through. They are central down there, and he seems to be the next in line. I mean, seeing him put up twenty as a freshman, no doubt, the next couple of years are going to be very very good for him.
0: And we couldn't go away without mentioning an honorable mention, and that goes to Bryson Ball from Papio South. Yep, and the the brother of former uh, Papillion La Vista
1: softball player, there, Jordan Ball. Now that uh, it's escaping me, Oklahoma.
0: Yes, she's down in Oklahoma Sooners I, right now. I think are number
1: one. Yeah, so just a, a dominant softball player there, and you know the the genes are in the family. He does a great job there. Um, was got the chance to see him play a couple times and I mean already just as a guard he has the three-point shot to be effective Um, they're going to need a a player to step up with Daniel Brocal gone next year and no doubt in my mind he's going to be an all-state contender probably going to be a 15 you know 17 point a game scorer next season he's he's really looking strong and as long as he keeps growing I think the the potential is there for him in college
0: basketball as well there we go. Big prediction, big things yeah. in the Luke you're expecting from Bryson there. Uh then we move on to un uh, underrated hero. And this goes to Ashwin Greenwood, Max Parker. We know Kale Jacobson, we know Evan Shepard hitting the game winning shot. But Luke, Max Parker, your underrated our underrated hero of the year. And not not necessarily because of what he did in the state
1: championship game, more of what he did all year long. Uh, just one of the best three-point shooters there in C1. Uh, Really kind of the X factor, I think, of that Ashland Greenwood team. And he wasn't afraid because they were not the biggest team. He's probably one of the the tallest guys on the court for them. He was not afraid to battle it out on the boards and and be able to kick it to Jacobson, really start off some of those quick transitions. And I think, you know, especially at the state tournament, other teams knew that they needed to close in on him because if you left him open, I mean, he was just a a lockdown three-point shooter. It was... It was going in more often than not, so they didn 't want you know they knew Jacobson was going to get his, but if they could if they could slow down Parker, I think they knew that they'd have a little bit more chance. but I think totally he is a a huge part of that championship team
0: should be very proud of all his contributions all year long and then finally, our coach of the year that goes to the Dean of the Metro, Tim Cannon from Miller North, leading the Mustangs to back to back state championships. Though the only two of his career, as he did announce his retirement uh, just a couple of weeks ago, a very good career for Tim Cannon and will always be remembered not only for his victories, but also um, the people that he built relationships with and just the mark he made um, in high school basketball. Here in for America. sure. Yeah,
1: I mean, from Omaha Cathedral to Omaha Bryan and then Millard North, um, been, been a lot of special teams that he's coached, a lot of programs that he's built up and especially, I mean, Miller North, not a whole ton of, of basketball heritage before then. It took them a couple of years to finally reach that state tournament, but, I mean, three state finals in a row, three three championships, uh, pretty hard-pressed to, to find that level of consistency there at Class A, and like you said, I mean, really one of the best best guys, best coaches, um, just someone who really understands what high school athletes are going through, the different pressures and, and different challenges that they face, and I think he did a great job, you know, mixing some of those life lessons in and and being a great role model for a lot of those players. I'll definitely miss. He's always one of the the best coaches to talk to post game. <laughs> great guy to chat with. Hope he enjoys uh, some extra time with the family, maybe some extra vacations because he's earned it with his, you know, 30 plus years there coaching in Nebraska high school basketball.
0: Big shoes to fill for whoever takes over oh, yeah. there at Miller and North. Well, that's all the awards. ...that we have here, including Allstate and our own Prep Extra Awards. We all hoped you enjoyed it. We certainly did in putting it together. And that, Luke, officially closes the book on basketball season. Feels a little weird, doesn't it? Yeah, I
1: mean, we've been talking about it here for a couple months. So we can finally dedicate all our time there to the the spring sports. But, I mean, it was a, a great basketball season. Always one of the, the best uh, chances to see players from all over the state compete... And really exciting. I mean, might as well look forward to next year when <laughs> yes. we're at it. But it's uh, it's been a, a great run, a you know, a great week, crazy week there at PBA, and all the talent, especially you know, me following the boys' side, all the D one players, all those future you know college players that I got the chance to see. You know, some great battles here in the city too, and a lot to a lot to be proud of this season for all those different teams, and a lot of a lot to look forward to for everybody coming back as well.
0: Yep, and. We got a lot looking forward to in our spring sports, including you, Luke. You're out and about this week. Where can we find you? Yeah, gonna
1: be gonna be checking out the Carney Lincoln East two top ten teams there. East number two uh, in Class A. I'll be out there on Thursday, and then Beatrice and Waverly. I'll be down in Waverly on Friday. Two ranked Class B teams. Waverly off to a little bit tougher start, but
0: I'm sure they'll give the defending champs a pretty good challenge there. There we go. Luke out and about. You can find him at those places. And if you want to see more writing of his or any of our other prep writers, make sure to go to journalstar.com as well as follow Prep Extra on Twitter. And make sure to follow us as well. You can find Luke at L Mullen 7. And you can follow myself at X underscore on underscore sports. That's going to wrap things up here from the Prep Extra crew. You've been listening to the Prep Extra podcast from Luke Mullen. I have been your host Jeff Ekstrom and now go out and enjoy some spring sports.